The San Francisco Dance Film Festival presents Dancing Through the Lens, a bi-monthly podcast featuring guests from our dance and filmmaking communities who share their interests, insights, and methods of creation and connection. I'm Chris Willette. Lenora Lee, Artistic Director of Lenora Lee Dance, and Olivia Ting, Multimedia Graphic Designer, have been collaborative partners for quite some time and are currently working on their newest premiere in the movement, running at ODC Theater in San Francisco from September 1st to September 11th. But their similarities and parallels may begin much sooner as local teens. They convey the experience of taking dance and creating an immersive environment, the importance of honoring the history of the people and the sites they choreograph and created, and what they hope to accomplish when translating dance into film. Lenora, what drives your creation and choreography at Lenora Lee Dance? What stories are you most passionate about telling with your dance? Since my college years, I ended up getting, I was a like a science major when I transferred to UCLA and then really loved the dance department down there after starting classes at City College in San Francisco. And um, the teachers and mentors that I had there really encouraged all of the dancers to um, create from our own experiences, you know, experiences of the communities that we've been a part of, and not to be afraid to integrate real life experiences into our work. And so um, since college, I've been encouraged to do that and have followed that path in doing a lot of research work within different communities, uh, depending on the stories that I was interested in researching at the time. And a lot of the projects have been around issues of immigration, whether that's historical immigration, um, as well as incarceration. Uh, We worked on projects that revolved around veteran stories, the violence of war, violence within the military. We also did pieces around um, life-threatening illnesses and cancer, people surviving cancer, along with um, interviewing many different people in these various communities. And so a a lot of the work has been research-based, and I think that's what's been one of the most incredibly rewarding parts of the project is that there have been over 100 people that we've interviewed for these projects, and I am always very um, honored that people trust us with sharing their, you know, challenges as well as triumphs, but also just sharing very frankly about their experiences and and things that they've been through. Um, That's been a driving factor in the work for me. I feel very fortunate to have been collaborating with Olivia, as well as another filmmaker, Tatsu Aoki, based in Chicago, for these projects. I feel like Olivia is able to bring out so many different aspects to the stories, the history, to the work. Um, She has a very keen eye and is very perceptive in honing into a lot of different aspects of the research and the work. I feel like Olivia is quite brilliant in that way. And and dance in itself just breaks a lot of barriers as well. I mean, it breaks uh, language barriers, you know, it, it, it reaches a vast amount of people. Olivia, I know you identify as a hearing impaired. So what does that mean? And how did that begin your fascination with moving imagery? Well, I think for people who have certain sensory limitations, you start to realize that you actually bring in a lot of 
cues from other senses to fill in whatever that you're not sensing. And, and also, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that for hard of hearing people, um, space is a very big and a strong factor in placing ourselves in what we're hearing because if we hear something it's just this pinpoint thing we have no location attached to that so i think that's what really draws me to the dance medium um because uh, people it's been described dance has been described as visual but it's also very kinetic and spatial and so i think that really crosses over to um, sign language which i only have begun to study this, this idea of speciality, uh, visual speciality, is something that really um, is a natural inclination for me. So um, site-specific performances and installations and using projections all have to do with space and, and immersing the audience themselves in these experiences. For our listeners who aren't maybe too familiar with site-specific or immersive work, what are they um, getting from that that they aren't experiencing in a theater? Uh, we've been able to actually build a relationship with ca- the California State Parks and the National Park Service in accessing some of their historical locations. For example, we did a project on Angel Island at their immigration station. And um, we had just, for this project we're currently working on, we shot some film and video on Alcatraz. And then one year we did a project that was underwater at the YMCA. Beneath the surface. Yes. So I think there's a real draw for me to be off-site in these very historic or unique locations to hold dance performance and I think part of the draw is understanding the layers of history that took place at these locations and allowing that to inform the viewer so the audience member for example on Angel Island many people who saw that show which was built specifically for the immigration station had never been to that station before and I think they once they stepped in, they f- could feel the weight of the history there. And just to give a little background, during the Chinese exclusion era, Chinese were detained at that immigration station for much longer periods um, than other people who were immigrating to the U.S. That's what that particular piece within these walls and its equal dreams of flight was based on, that there were um, stories and poems like hundreds of stories and poems carved into the walls of the immigration station because of their long detention there, detailing, you know, what their experiences were. I feel like there's a lot that can be felt and understood by being off-site in historic locations. Uh, There's also this element of embarking on immersive performance where there's no physical barrier between like the stage and where the audience sits. And so it becomes um, kind of an interactive, intimate experience in which audience members um, then feel like they can be participants as well. And we tried to build the projects in a way that lends to that kind of experience. What is the rehearsal process like when you're on site? Do you already have an idea of the spaces you want to use? Or do you go in and you see, oh, okay, this can support body weight or this can't? What is, what is rehearsal like? Uh, for the projects that we do, we usually, you know, select the site a few years in advance and then go through a, a two or three year process of fundraising for the project. And so a lot of times if we're off site and not in a theater, 
I'll try to organize um, rehearsals so that we can actually build the build the project on site for several months leading up to the performance. And I think that gives a huge opportunity for us to really build the choreography, all the transitions, the ins and outs of the piece based on the space. So in terms of generating choreography, we'll have a combination of um, inside dance studio rehearsals as well as on-site rehearsals, and that will allow us to generate movement together collaboratively, utilizing mirrors, learning you know, choreography from one another. The dancers that I work with have various movement style backgrounds and there's a richness to that as well as a richness to each person and their individual experiences. And then I will piece it together like pieces of a puzzle inside the different locations or the different rooms that we may be working in. And in some ways, if it's a, an immersive work, you know, I, I use a spreadsheet and um, map it all out in terms of where each dancer is at any given time. And um, I feel like it's quite exciting to experience it in an immersive setting um, because it feels a little bit more like a real life in the moment story that you're experiencing and that there's a certain amount of agency the audience members have in deciding who they would like to follow um, throughout the piece. And now incorporating multimedia, when does that um, begin to filter into the choreography of the performance? I think it's been a, a, kind of, a kind of experimental and organic process. It would be driven by the space itself and I think we all have, um, I guess what we would call emotional responses to a space. And sometimes I think for me that builds the visuals. And, and also um, Lenora takes a lot of visual notes now. Uh, you know, she just shoots things and she also has choreography with dancers to create the phrases. Exactly what she said, just like a puzzle. You know, you take pieces uh, that she's made and then I might take some more notes, visual notes on my end, and then I might fill in something that she had made. And so there's, there's a lot of kind of give and take, you know, but it's like, oh, wait a minute, this could work with this. And then, so you just keep building it <laughs> pretty much up to the performance. Like examples like um, Freedom of Fire, Fort Mason, I got to see part of that and Beneath the Surface and Within These Walls. Can you talk about now translating those performances to film? What, what do you want to invoke? Are there certain things that come out more when you bring it to a film media? So Olivia and I, we worked on a short film in 2012 based off of our uh, Reflections project in 2011. And then starting in 2012, 2013, we had the opportunity to work with an experimental filmmaker named Tatsu Aoki to direct our film and video shoots. And so through that process, he brought a very cinematic approach to um, staging the film shoots. And we got a chance to build a film based off of one of our performance projects that we did in the Young Museum. It's called Rescued Memories, New York Stories, in which um, we got, Olivia got to work with Ion Winters on projection mapping technology and projected on six surfaces within their Wilsey Court there. Um, and then we translated that project into a, a, an experimental film, which came out a few years later entitled Light. 
We are we also are working with Tatsu on a film version of the Angel Island project, so a film version of Within These Walls that we are hoping to premiere and screen this fall of 2022. Another film project that we're working on is some is a project we started in during the pandemic, right before the pandemic began, which is called And the Community Will Rise. And that's based off of um, the activism that occurred in San Francisco Chinatown around the community that's housed in public housing in, in Chinatown through the Chinatown Community Development Center. And so we actually are making a film version of that because we, wouldn't, we weren't able to do the performance on site due to the health concerns and the pandemic, as well as to the various different anti-Asian uh, incidents that were occurring and continue to occur. And so that was a big shift for us during the pandemic is that we just couldn't do anything live at that point in, in the public in San Francisco Chinatown and um, had to steer in another direction. So we shot a lot of footage last summer in various locations in San Francisco Chinatown and are working on a film version of that. So this this newest work, which is going back into a theater, how does that differentiate from site-specific work uh, in the multimedia visual department um, from things like Freedom of uh, Fire of Freedom or Beneath the Surface? So Olivia and I are currently working on a project called In the Movement, which uh, is going to premiere at ODC Theater. We are thrilled to be working with dance collaborators Johnny Cox, Felicitas Fisher, Miguel Forbes, Lin Huang, San San Kwan, Johnny Hui Huen, Sawako Ogo, Moira Silva Rodriguez, a guest from Lima, Peru, as well as featuring three additional dancers on video, Keanu Brady, Yiting Gamasu, and Hien Huen. Through the In the Movement project, I had the opportunity to interview a community advocate for Asian Prisoner Support Committee and former juvenile lifer Bori PJI, who, along with um, artist and advocate Enrique Cristobal Meneses, whose family was from Mexico City, um, both Bori and PJ were in, uh, incarcerated and then transferred directly into ICE detention. They graciously and generously share their experiences. I also had the opportunity to interview state policy director at the San Francisco Public Defender's Office and leader in the ICE Out of California movement, Melanie Kim, as well as Jessica Yamane, who is co-director at Pangea, Pangea Legal Services, Cindy Leo, who is an attorney and immigrant, immigrant rights activist, as well as Rumini Hong, who is the co-director of APAL, which supports Oakland-based Asian and Pacific Islander immigrant and refugee families. I also had the opportunity to interview members of 67 Sueños, an Oakland-based youth organizing organization uh, that provides services and support to undocumented Latinx youth. So I feel like this particular project is um, particularly important given the this the way that media has portrayed immigrants and migrants and i am thrilled and excited to be able to share this work with others 
uh, Olivia's putting together the media design for that and the footage we will include uh, is footage that we shot on Alcatraz with the help of um, the National Park Service, Golden Gate National Recreation Area. Because this, um, this particular performance is in a theater, which is um, basically a black box, you know, in the most minimal terms, having done so many on-site experiences and installation, we come back to a black box and um, it's almost like we want to get, deconstruct that space. And it so happens that ODC has this very specific architecture. It's nice that ODC has both watch. The ODC theater has its own history and they have these metal bars that could suggest bars of, of the, um, the jail that taught that video footage has been shot at Alcatraz. So it's becoming an interesting layering um, and I'm using multiple multiple walls to create a three-dimensional space and sometimes using scale to create a sense of claustrophobia. We can use mapping or cropping the videos as well. Um, that's another way to create disorientation, perhaps. Perhaps you're not really seeing everything within the frame of the video and it creates a sense of um, art culture or not really knowing exactly what you're saying. And that might speak into this, this dialogue and the story of, uh, in the movement itself. I think because Olivia is interested in um, projecting on three brick wall surfaces that surround the stage and mm, so we wouldn't have wings and so one of the things we're navigating right now is how do we still allow the space to feel somewhat immersive even though we are on stage and so we're trying to build entrances and exits that you know go through the audience space a little bit of is of it is about practicality but also still trying to have a level of spatial intimacy with audience members. You know, we've been working with longtime um, collaborators through our music, the musical aspect. So Asian Improv Arts co-founder, saxophonist and composer Francis Wong, who has been a mentor of mine since college when I studied saxophone from him. Um, he, we've been able to uh, fortunately integrate his musical compositions as well as his collaborator and the experimental filmmaker Tatsuo Aoki, an acoustic bass player, and he uh, also is versed in traditional Japanese forms of music. And so we're integrating their music as well as working with a vocalist named Helen Palma, who has collaborated with Francis on uh, several occasions. Um, there's a part of me who wanted to be a musician and a vocalist when I was young. And so with different opportunities of working with incredible creative musicians um, uh, whose musical compositions are just um, powerful because a lot of these musicians are activists as well. And so their music is driven by a sense of purpose, um, a sense of social justice and a sense of um, equity and equality. We're working with Jack Butler on lighting design, and I think it'll be um, a nice new collaboration in that respect as well, thinking about how lighting can shape the experience, um, the environment, how it can shape the stories as well, um, being in a theater again. Uh, there's a beauty in um, the project being so collaborative and so multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary that um, uh, we want to 
be able to share the stories and experiences of various different communities that are often underrepresented or misunderstood. And so through this project, we hope to shed light on a lot of the different issues that people who are refugees or migrants or, or descendants of refugees and migrants face in the United States and the misperceptions in, of immigrants due to the way that they are portrayed in the media. Yeah, my um, my grandpa um, was a prisoner of war and and um, you know is an immigrant to this country, of course, as well. And so, um, yeah, I definitely want to bring my mom to these shows. I, I can't wait to share that with her. So thank you for creating that. Yeah, thanks so much to you both for um, uh, reaching out and inviting us to participate. Lenora Lee Dance presents the world premiere run of In the Movement between September 1st and 11th at ODC Theater. In the Movement is a heartfelt and explosive dance piece focusing on separation of families and mass detention of immigrants as forms of incarceration. It serves as a meditation on reconciliation and restorative justice, speaking to the power of individuals and communities to transcend. Ticket details can be found in the show notes. Dancing Through the Lens is a production of the San Francisco Dance Film Festival. It is produced and hosted by Chris Willette and Claire Schweitzer. Theme music for Dancing Through the Lens was composed by Daria Novo. You can find the San Francisco Dance Film Festival online at sfdancefilmfest.org and in the social media pages linked in the show notes. 